educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome aboard the Monday. The Monday. Does it feel like a Monday after a holiday to you? Boy, it sure does to me. How about that? Um, hi. <laughs> There's a little echo in my voice or in my headphones. So anyway, uh, welcome aboard the Monday edition. Hope you're doing well. It is Monday, November 27th, uh, 509. The Monday after a holiday. My goodness, I got in late uh, last night from Austin, uh, San Antonio. And uh, so, yeah, been a bit of a stretch to get into a routine today. But here we are. And it's Monday. So welcome aboard. Educate, inform, entertain. Let's do all of that all week long. Bill up instead of tearing down truth over tribalism let's do that hey follow us on x formerly known as twitter and the facebook page uh you never know what uh, might be brewing on the social media pages we appreciate you following us and keeping track of us uh that way and uh, yeah say hello to mr johnny cadillac producer extraordinaire johnny how was Thanksgiving for you? Well, I was going to let you know that um, for somebody who has been here since uh, <laughs> since Monday, which was the last time you were here, it still feels like the Monday after a holiday, even for me. Even for uh, you, yes. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good Thanksgiving. It was a little low-key. Um, I went and hung out with a friend and his family, kind of my, my second family who've been taking me in over the last few years where I haven't had a lot of available family here for Thanksgiving, so they, they take me in and... Um, found out a, a friend of mine through the family is a li- longtime listener of the show. So that was a very fun conversation oh, with nice. him, too. So and nice. he was telling me how much he enjoyed it. So yeah. very positive. Yeah. Well, my fu- my my thanks to uh, Doug Fitzgerald for filling in for me last week. Appreciated that very much. Uh, thanks to Doug. And you guys did a great job holding down the fort on Wednesday and thir- or Tuesday and Wednesday, I guess, the days I was gone. So appreciate that very much. Uh, coming up, I'll tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, it's our monthly check-in with Krista Yoakum, the chair of the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners, and a return visit from Richard Moberly, uh, dean of the University of Nebraska College of Law. So we'll check in with Krista and Richard tomorrow. And uh, But yeah, it's uh, the day after the Thanksgiving holiday. I hope everyone uh, stayed safe, and, and uh, yeah, it's a... It's an adjustment after being gone for, like I said, Johnny, almost a week and back at it. So, But, yeah, we've got a jam-packed uh, show today, uh, our uh, weekly check-in with our friends at Flatwater Free Press. And, uh, yeah, talking about their stories, uh, their second in a series of stories about who's buying land in Nebraska. So we'll... We'll check in with them in just a moment, but uh, but yeah, I just wanted to uh, to thank you for tuning in. And uh, now that it's the holiday season, boy, it sure seems like it. And the studio, my goodness, I wish I should have taken a picture and shown you the studio. It's all decorated for Christmas and uh, the holidays, and so it's. Uh, I'll say fancy. You say that because these decorations are staying up until. Uh, until Christmas, so you still have time to take a picture and post it. <laughs> yeah, I've got plenty of time. Yes. Um, well, it's my delight to, uh, and, and Matthew Hansen is uh, maybe checking in with us here in a moment as well. But in the meantime, let's get right to uh, the business of uh, talking about this story and uh, who's buying land in Nebraska. So let me introduce uh, Destiny Herbers, the uh, reporter on this story. And Destiny, if you're with us, welcome aboard. Welcome to your inaugural edition to the uh, 
episode of the Dan Parsons Show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Destiny. Well, let me give a little uh, little background on Destiny Herbers. Destiny is a fellow through the Scripps Howard Foundation for Flatwater Free Press. She earned her master's degree in journalism at University of Maryland. Uh, while at the University of Maryland, uh, Destiny covered NASA in Congress uh, for the Capitol News Service. Uh, she worked on the Howard Center's award-winning project, Mega Billions, an investigation of state lotteries, and was part of an ongoing Associated Press investigation into law enforcement practices. So, Destiny, wow, that's quite the resume. And so how did you end up uh, here in Nebraska? Yeah, the Flatwater Free Press was one of the options for the continuing fellowship after graduation and um, hopped on an interview with Matthew Hansen, and I really uh, liked what was happening here, so I was glad to have the opportunity to come. Wonderful. Well, we're delighted that you're here. We're delighted that you uh, spend a few minutes with us here on the Dan Parsons Show to talk about this story that you've been working on, uh, a series of stories. Uh, about who's buying land in Nebraska, and this is a second. We covered the last one, uh, the first one, uh, last week on the show, but uh, this story you wrote uh, yourself. Uh, who's buying Nebraska after shopping spree? The Mormon Church is the top land purchaser uh, for the past five years. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, bought twice as much Nebraska land as the second biggest buyer. Uh, and the headline, the subhead reads that if uh, if they keep it up, they'll soon own more than anyone. And so, uh, and I know you partnered with uh, uh, the UNL uh, Journalism College to, to track some of this data. So, yeah, walk us through this, Destiny. Uh, tell us about this story. Yeah, one of Matt Waite's students at UNL had flagged farmland reserving um, as being affiliated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, in our initial sort of data read. So I immediately knew that um, I wanted to write about it and dig in further. And sort of the more I cleaned up the data and found more corporations tied to the same name and address, uh, they rose in the ranks until they were number one by double second place. Um, which, of course, warranted an entire story. And through that, I found out that they own, like, 370,000 acres of farmland, which is, like, pretty close to what um, Ted Turner famously owns. Right. They could overtake him soon. Right, right. And uh, the one county that you reported on, Garden County, which I'm uh, familiar with, I went to high school uh, out that way in Ogallala, and so uh, Garden County is... Uh, it's just directly west of Ogallala, just west of uh, Lake McConaughey and uh, Oshkosh and Llewellyn and some of those places that uh, I'm familiar with. And uh, some of your readers, I assume, are as well. But my goodness, what was their interest in Garden County, Nebraska? Well, I think that's where the initial ranch they bought, Rex Ranch, was. Um, and so they've expanded their purchases since then to cover pretty much all of Northern Garden County and into several neighboring counties. Um, they're still ranching all under the name Rex Ranch, which was the original one that they purchased. And when I called up the Garden County assessor to try to find out how much land they own in the county, um, the person who answered the phone said there were too many records, and too many sales uh, for them to put together a total number hmm. because they own most of the top of the county. Wow. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, that had to be a fascinating process. Uh, Des- we're visiting with Destiny Herbers, a reporter for Flatwater Free Press. And by the way, if you want to read Destiny's story, if you haven't yet, I encourage you to do that. Flatwaterfreepress.org. And uh, as Nebraska's very first uh, nonprofit newsroom, no paywall. Uh, they'll take your contributions. They're a nonprofit. But uh, uh, so I'd encourage our listeners to jump online if you haven't and read Destiny's story. Well, Destiny, if you can hang on through this quick break, uh, we'll be back and continue our conversation. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, folks, uh, here's a, a few short messages. Come on back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Monday after a holiday edition of the show. We're delighted that you chose to uh, tune us in. I hope you've uh, recovered from your uh, food coma. Uh, my goodness. Yeah, I I spent my uh, Thanksgiving in Austin and San Antonio with uh, my family. And, uh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm having trouble on reentry today. Let's just put it that way. I did go to the office. Uh, I, I pretended to work, and so anyway, we're we're doing a show, and uh, and joining us on the phone line is Destiny Herbers. Uh, Destiny is a reporter for Flatwater Free Press. As you know, we always have uh, feature stories from Flatwater every Monday, and uh, Matthew Hansen must be recovering from. <laughs> is uh thanksgiving so uh, matthew's a little a wall today but that's okay you know we've uh, this I'm, I'm telling you this is a, a tough re-entry from the holidays uh for all of us so anyway destiny uh, uh thanks for hanging on we appreciate uh your good work about the story of uh, the mormon church uh, uh and how they have uh, quickly becoming the largest owner of farmland uh in nebraska so welcome back destiny appreciate uh, you hanging around yeah, no problem. Yeah. Well, and I, I was interested in your story. And, of course, uh, the Farmers Union, Nebraska Farmers Union, and uh, John Hansen, the president of Farmers Union, weighed in on uh, on, on this story. And, and you quoted John. And, and uh, you know, the Initiative 300, uh, which was a law in Nebraska that did not allow uh, people from outside of Nebraska to own farmland, and that was overturned by court rulings uh, some years back. But uh, as John Hansen uh, points out from Nebraska Farmers Union, that uh, all of the land that the Mormon Church owns is land that individuals in Nebraska uh, do not have the opportunity to own. And uh, and as you note in your story, unlike other nonprofits in the U.S., uh, religious organizations don't have to publicly report their income or assets. Uh, including uh, real estate. So, uh, did that? Uh, how how did you how did you handle that in your story? Yeah, well, it is a big issue of um, transparency um, that has sort of followed the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints for several years now. Um, so, I reached out to some uh, former journalists who I know have been covering the church and um, trying to compile sort of accountings of their real estate, and I spoke to the co-founders of Truth and Transparency, and they um, gave me some of their data that they've tracked down for the church's land ownership over the years, and that was really helpful in breaking through and um, finding out the true scope of what they own. Which you note in your story uh, exceeds $100 billion. 
uh, total mm-hmm. in there uh, globally in Nebraska uh, and, and uh, total all of that. So that's, yeah, my goodness. What, uh, any explanation from the church of why, uh, why the interest in, in Nebraska land? Well, the church um, tends to say that it is a long-term investment to support their religious and charitable and humanitarian good works. Um, across the board, everyone seems to see it as an investment opportunity and a good long-term investment opportunity to have farmland, especially in Nebraska. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, that that certainly makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, they... Uh, uh, you, the, your analysis of county assessor records show that the church uh, continued to add acres at a slower pace in 21 and 22. But, um, yeah, uh, Farmland Reserve Inc. confirmed that it is currently ranching on about 365,000 acres uh, in the Sand Hills, and the church doesn't plan to continue expanding its ranching operation, the spokesman said, uh, but it may buy. Uh, row crop land to lease to local farmers and uh, um, yeah the Nebraska land as you point out in your story is just one uh, slice of the 1.7 million acres of American real estate the Mormon church is now estimated uh, to own and yeah I mean uh, I guess they're paying taxes and and so that certainly uh, um, is you know like anybody can uh, can purchase that land, and uh, but as John Hansen points out, that's land that uh, Nebraskans don't have the opportunity uh, to purchase. So, so what's next, uh, Destiny, in in either this series or other work that you're uh, working on for Flatwater? Well, I think next week you'll be talking to me again. Um, we're publishing <laughs> a, a story that I'm finishing up right now on um, foreign land ownership, kind of trying to address the public um, anxieties that China is buying a lot of uh, uh, Nebraska farmland. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah that story will explore the reality. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's the, uh, that's the presumption, I guess, uh, from people that, uh, uh, and so anyway, I assume you're still working on that. So we'll talk <laughs> next week about that, but um, well, yeah. So uh, how have you found uh, Nebraska to, to, uh, to be a reporter in or, uh, you know, how, how did this story go for you? I mean, was it uh, uh, in talking to uh, to government officials and such? Is it, uh, uh, yeah, just walk us through that a little bit. I found that people here are really forthcoming and pretty easy to get a hold of. Formerly, I was reporting in D.C., which I'm, I'm sure you can imagine. It's much more difficult to track people down and get a hold of them. Um, but the state senators here tend to pick up their phones and... Um, spokespeople tend to be quick to get back to me so reporting the story wasn't wasn't too difficult at all other than really tracking down and getting a full picture of the church's ownership yeah yeah very good well destiny herbers thanks for uh thanks for your work first of all and i'll just remind our listeners uh if you haven't read uh, destiny's uh, great investigative story on uh, who's buying land in Nebraska? Flatwaterfreepress.org. No paywall. Get in there and uh, and you can sign up for Matthew's uh, uh, weekly 
uh, entertaining newsletter that he sends out each week and highlights uh, the stories that they're working on. And so I'd encourage you to do that. Well, Destiny, uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on a Monday. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you again. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet. Destiny Herbers, reporter for Flatwater Free Press, uh, joining us here on our Monday like we always do for Flatwater Free Press. Um, yeah, so let me tell you what's coming up uh, on tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll have our monthly check-in with uh, Krista Yoakum, chair of the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners, and we'll check in uh as we often do with Richard Moberly, Dean of the University of Nebraska College of Law. Uh, I know there's some uh, some new developments in the Trump trials, and so we'll get caught up on that and, and anything else that uh, Dean Moberly would like to chat about, as we uh, often do uh, on the legal front, our legal advisor uh, to the show. So we appreciate uh, talking to Richard. Well, uh, hang on through the news break, and we'll be back. Uh, and finish up here on a Monday. So come on back after the news here on 1499.3 KLIN. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Monday after the holiday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. We're delighted uh, that you decided to tune us in uh, on this Monday afternoon. My thanks to uh, Destiny Herbers, uh, investigative reporter for Flatwater Free Press, uh, for joining us in the first half of the show. Uh, and her story that's online on flatwaterfreepress.org. You can uh, check that out. Who's buying Nebraska uh, after a shopping spree, the Mormon Church? turns out is a top land purchaser in nebraska and uh so destiny does a great job of detailing um uh the mormon church now owns about three hundred and seventy thousand total acres of zoned agricultural land in nebraska and um so yeah uh it's it's uh ted turner who has famously uh occupied uh that number one spot uh if uh, of landowner uh, farmland in Nebraska. If the church representatives uh, continue, uh, Destiny points out in her story to buy land at the current pace, uh, uh, they may very well uh, eclipse uh, Ted Turner. And uh, so, yeah, flatwaterfreepress.org. And uh, yeah, so John in Fremont, uh, you're on the line. You have a thought about our, our story today about the, the Mormon church buying up land in Nebraska? Just sharing some information pertinent to the to the uh, 
1.7 million acres. Yeah. That, what that represents is 2,656 square miles, which is an area approximately 52 miles by 52 miles, which is three times the size of Lancaster County. Wow. That's significant, isn't it, John? That's interesting. So that's, that's all I all I wanted to comment. I, I know a lot of people uh, don't have a concept of what 1.7 million acres is. <laughs> that's, and, that's good. Yeah, thank you, John. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Okay. Keep at it. You bet. Thank you very much. Yeah, that is staggering when you think about it. Uh, that's <clears throat> that's a lot of land. And for those of us that live in the city, uh, you know, even though we live in a rural state, it, it is hard to imagine uh, that much land. And as I mentioned, this uh, Garden County, which is in western Nebraska, just uh, uh, just west of Ogallala, if you can picture that, uh, yeah, they own most of that, at least half of the county, uh, the Mormon Church does. So, uh, again, nothing illegal, nothing, you know, hey, they're paying taxes like anybody else would. But, uh, yeah, I just think that's uh, fascinating and, and good. For, you know, here's another example of Flatwater Free Press. Um, has the uh, resources and then investigative reporters to do this type of uh, reporting. So we appreciate that very much. So, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, flatwaterfreepress.org. And next week, uh, sounds like Destiny's working on the next uh, piece uh, in the series. And so, yeah, we'll continue to follow that and of who's buying uh, land in Nebraska. And, yeah, because, uh, as Destiny said, she's going to dive into uh, this thought that the Chinese uh, are buying farmland in Nebraska, and I know there's been uh, that rumor or myth, and uh, I got a sense from Destiny that maybe uh, she's going to bust that myth, and uh, so we'll find out. Uh, we'll look for that uh, reporting as it comes out uh, later this week, and we'll keep you keep you uh, posted on that. Well, um, yeah, so I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I'll open the phone lines. Uh, I don't have any guests for the second half of the show. I just wanted to uh, talk about a few more news stories. But if you got some thoughts, uh, as John did, on uh, helping me with math, uh, feel free to call in 402-479-1400-TALK or text. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but, um, yeah, let me tell you what's coming up uh, in the tomorrow's show. Uh, as we do uh, every month, we'll check in with Krista Yoakum, chair of the Lancaster County uh, Board of Commissioners, and Richard Moberly, dean of the University of Nebraska College of Law. So we'll check in with them tomorrow, and uh, and then um, yeah, the rest of the week uh, we'll. It's it's a busy week, let me tell you that. Uh, back to work for all of us uh, after last week's. Uh, and again, my thanks to Doug Fitzgerald for filling in last week on. Tuesday and Wednesday of the show, and as you heard on the news, if you heard the news, uh, uh, we had Don Bacon, Congressman Don Bacon on the show, and Doug interviewed, and so fascinating. If you have not heard that, uh, as uh, Chase reminded you in the newscast, you can always uh, check out any of the episodes that you've missed of the Dan Parsons Show on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to KLAN.com, scroll down on the on the Dan Parsons page and find the episode you're looking for. But, yeah, that was a great interview Doug had with uh, Congressman Bacon, and so I'd encourage you to check that out. Well, our other nonprofit newsroom, uh, the Nebraska Examiner, uh, and we have those folks on from time to time. And, and you know, I'm, in fact, we're, I think, having them on later this week. But one of the stories that uh, Paul Hamill, 
uh, who's been on the show several times, uh, wrote uh, just today, uh, he asked uh, Governor Pillen uh, about, uh, well, here's the headline, uh, Governor Pillen stops short of saying no state funds should be used for Memorial Stadium renovation. Uh, the subhead, but governor says his top priority is ma- is making Nebraska taxes competitive and fiscally conservative, which includes saying no. So you know it's starting to be a little bit of a controversy uh, in uh, almost a half a billion dollars that the university uh, wants to spend uh, on renovating Memorial Stadium. Um, and uh, uh, so Paul Hamill's story, Governor Jim Pillen praised the University of Nebraska-Lincoln uh, Athletic Department on Monday for being, quote, self-funded and operating without state funds. But, Paul writes, when asked whether that should continue and if no state money should be devoted to the $450 million renovation of Memorial Stadium, Pillen stopped short of agreeing with that. The governor uh, as you probably know, as a former uh, University of Nebraska football player, uh, said providing state funding for the stadium renovation, as some have suggested, is a discussion, but not his top priority. Uh, he's quoted in <clears throat> Paul Hamill's story on Nebraska Examiner. My focus right now is making sure the state of Nebraska can compete, and the first place we have to compete is in tax policy, Pillen said. We have to make sure we're a fiscally conservative state and we have the courage to say no. Uh, the governor's comments to the examiner uh, following a press conference today on a different topic uh, come as some athletic department donors and state senators are raising questions about the size and feasibility of the renovation project, which will be largely funded via private donors. Uh, The concern, uh, Paul continues uh, in his story, the concern also comes, and and this is the rub, UNL is facing a $58 million budget shortfall, forcing proposed cuts in state, uh, in staff and academic programs. And just after private donors ponied up most of the $165 million needed for a new football performance and training table facility. Uh, which isn't even finished yet. Uh, I think it's getting close to being finished. Uh, While private donors to UNL declined to be quoted by name, uh, State Senator Steve Erdman of Bayard said that many were thinking uh, uh, that the optics aren't good when you're seeking half a billion dollars for a football field and at the same time cutting university programs and raising tuition. And... uh, I don't know if Paul's story gets into the the second part of that uh, equation is we once again have a losing football uh, team. And, uh, you know, I think all of us appreciate Coach Rule and uh, making some progress this year, but the fact remains that we once again didn't qualify for a bowl game and, um, you know, a record that's uh, not what we're used to. Well, we are getting used to a record like that, so... You know, we're we're a long ways from having the success that we once had on the football field. And the thought that we're going to, while we're cutting the budget for education and staff uh, for the University of Nebraska as a whole, uh, we're asking 
private donors to step up and spend a half a billion dollars on renovating the University of Nebraska's uh, flagship uh, Memorial Stadium. So that's that's going to continue to be a, a, a fascinating discussion. And, uh, you know, and I think donors have been very, very uh, generous through the years with that program. And, you know, that football program helps fund a lot of the other athletic uh, programs at the university and and helps with uh, with uh, with other uh, costs uh, for the university. And, and some of those dollars go into education. And so I don't you know, it's never been a problem before for the university to find donors to support the uh, the athletic programs and specifically the football program. But uh, uh, we're not so sure anymore. Well, hey, let's take this little break. We'll come back and finish up. Come back and join us uh, on a Monday after Thanksgiving. Come on back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Monday After Thanksgiving show. We're delighted that you chose to uh, stick around uh, here on this delightful day. Boy, it uh, after being in South Texas over the week, uh, the past week, a little bit of shock uh, coming back, uh, deplaning yesterday, last night at uh, Lincoln Airport. By the way, uh, the Lincoln Airport is just, it is such a delight to fly out of the Lincoln Airport and, and, uh, uh, I'll, I'll qualify that by saying that yes, they are. I do some work for the Lincoln Airport, so I'm familiar with them. But uh, so this is not a commercial, but it's just uh, it's so easy, you know. I it's an eight minute uh, Uber ride and walk right up, and you know I have TSA pre-check, and and it's oh, it's just so easy to fly out of the Lincoln Airport. And uh, anyway, so yeah, I spent Thanksgiving down in Texas, uh, flew into Austin. And uh, two of my kids live in Austin, and uh, and then drove over to uh, San Antonio, which is about a oh, about a ninety. Boy, you talk about traffic and uh, congestion. Uh, the the drive from Austin to San Antonio, it's it's becoming uh, th- those two communities. And they're about well, it's about a ninety minute drive. I don't know how many, but it it's that area of South Texas, that area between Austin and San Antonio. Austin is just becoming a major, major city. It is a major city, and uh, boy, the infrastructure. We're uh, it, it's it's a challenge. Uh, it really is. There's so many people that uh, moving into that community, and they're having trouble uh, just uh, with roads and construction and. Uh, I mean, it's a great city. I love it. It's just, uh, but anyway, so uh, flying from Lincoln, uh, so a direct flight from Lincoln to Houston, you know, I think it was a 6.30 a.m. flight, uh, was an hour and a half flight to Houston, I think it was, maybe two hours, uh, and then a short layover and like a 20-minute flight from Houston uh, to Austin. My son picks me up at the airport. Uh, I'm drinking beer and eating tacos by noon. So there you go. There's my commercial for uh, uh, for flying out of the uh, Lincoln Airport to Austin. So yeah, uh, got to see the kids and uh, and my daughter uh, and her husband there in Austin. And uh, my daughter's expecting grandson number three. Not not for her, her first child, but uh, grandson number three uh, for me uh, later uh, in December. So it was fun uh, seeing them and and uh, seeing their home and. 
and getting ready for uh, getting ready for baby. But so then we drove over to San Antonio, where my brother and my sister-in-law uh, live, and uh, my other sister flew in from Boston, and so we spent Thanksgiving there, and and uh, got to go up into the hill. I don't know if any of you have spent any time in Austin or San Antonio, but uh, north of uh, Austin and and north and west is uh, the hill country, and uh, just a lot of wineries and and uh, distilleries, whiskey distilleries, and uh, more great food. And so, yeah, we had we had a great time. And by the way, and so you you've if you've tuned in to the uh, the show uh, a few times, you've heard my brother, and he is my co-host uh, for Dating Over Fifty because uh, Trey's a, a psychologist, he owns a practice in uh, in San Antonio, and so we did a little. Uh, a little video that you can see on uh, the Facebook, the Dan Parsons Facebook uh, account. And uh, we were in uh, Trey's kitchen, and so I just thought, well, let's do a little preview of the next episode of Dating Over 50. So anyway, if you haven't seen that, you haven't checked that out, check that out. Uh, So yeah, coming up on, I think we decided December 15th, Friday, December 15th will be the next episode. So we got to do a little um, uh, planning for uh, Dating Over 50. And uh, so we'll do that again. And coming back uh, this Friday after a a long hiatus is uh, Chef Kevin Shin will join me again on Friday for the Friday Afternoon Club. So we'll uh, we'll see check in with us on Friday to see what chefs cooking up and mixing up. And uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, if you haven't seen the video of me and my brother in his kitchen uh, on Thanksgiving was it Thanksgiving Day? I think it was. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving Day. Um. Now I forget if it was Thursday or Friday. Anyway, yeah, it was one of those two days. One of those two days. And um, so, yeah, we uh, we did a little impromptu video of uh, uh, of uh, talking about dating over fifty and uh, seeing us in the kitchen. So, anyway, if you haven't seen that, check that out. Um, But uh, yeah, so this story about um, uh, the university and. Spending a half a billion dollars uh, on the renovation of of Memorial Stadium proposed, uh, and uh, in Nebraska Examiner, uh, Paul Hamill uh, asked the governor today about whether there would be uh, solely private donors, or would the state, uh, if asked, uh, weigh in on on funding uh, for the new uh, renovation? And uh, as one donor uh, told the Examiner. Uh, the 100-year-old stadium needs improved seating with backs to replace the current benches, uh, but $450 million for a lot of other things is a stretch. Uh, Governor Pillen, in comments Monday, said Nebraskans don't do enough bragging about the extraordinary things in the state, and that includes the self-funded UNL athletic program. That is among the top three programs nationally, and financial strength, he said, and contributes $10 million of its surplus funds each year to UNL academic programs. Uh, and that is unlike most Division I athletic programs, uh, which typically need state funds to function. Uh, the governor said, we have been self-supporting because of the great uh, Nebraska fans. Uh, and, and keep in mind, as you know, the governor's uh, former uh, UNL football player, uh, there's never been a tax dollar used, the governor said, and there's never been a fee used. So, uh, 
Paul Hamill in Nebraska Examiner points out in a story that cigarette smokers might disagree. Uh, the construction of the Devaney Sports Center, for those of us old enough to remember that, uh, which opened in 1976 at a cost of $13 million, was financed via state tobacco tax revenue. Um, so there has been tax dollars used uh, for the athletic uh, programs or last, uh, for construction, uh, certainly of the Devaney Center back in the 70s. Uh, but the proposed funding for the Memorial Stadium renovation has a $125 million deficit, the World Herald reported. Uh, the $450 million project includes $225 million in private donations so far and $100 million from the athletic department, making it $125 million short. So a, a key question facing state lawmakers is whether they can say no to a request uh, for state funds for the UNL Stadium, uh, famous for being the state's third largest city on game days, uh, after recently granting $30 million for a new baseball field for Creighton University and providing state sales tax uh, for numerous youth soccer and baseball complexes. So, um, so yeah, keep an eye on that. And again, it certainly doesn't help uh, ending the football season the way we did. And oh my goodness, just another. And and so my brother uh, is an Oklahoma fan, and uh, and so um, we were watching. We had split screens uh, on Friday. We were watching the Oklahoma game uh, and the Nebraska game, and uh, uh, Oklahoma did fine. And uh, oh my goodness, just another heartbreaking game. I mean, you just want them to win so badly, and uh, man, they just once again. Uh, broke our hearts and uh, so anyway that'll be interesting to see uh, if state government uh, continues to uh, resist uh, putting in money to the athletic department for uh, this new uh, renovation of memorial stadium so but we'll keep track of that and uh, yeah uh, as as you know i'm a big fan of journalists and uh, this new nonprofit. Uh, journalism that we have in the state with both Flatwater Free Press and Nebraska Examiner um, and in our other, uh, you know, the Lincoln Journal Star and the World Herald. Uh, there's a lot of good reporters and the award-winning KLAN newsroom. Uh, there's lots of good reporters in this state and we'll continue to follow them and, and uh, keep you abreast of what's going on. Well, thanks for tuning in on a Monday after the holidays. Uh, I hope that you've recovered fine. But come back tomorrow. Uh, Christy Yoakum, uh, the Lancaster County uh, Board, of Com Board of Commissioners, and uh, Richard Moberly from the University of Nebraska School of Law. That's the show. Enjoy your evening. Now go do good things.